Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Thursday. March 31st with another episode of The Issue. You may have noticed the new intro. Oof, clean. It's, it's almost like I feel like I'm coming out of the tunnel of the Rose Bowl right now. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to hit somebody. You better put a hat on some. Like, I'm ready to go. My boy Bryce, if you like the intro, go check him out on Instagram at bum underscore 1999. B-U-M underscore 1999. Makes fantastic beats. Um, great producer. Yeah, a lot, a, lot, a lot of producing needs. If anyone right. else is thinking about doing like a podcast or if, if you're into music, anything like that. He, he's got general producing needs. Made this intro. Kind of still playing in the background if you uh, if you notice it there. So good. So good. Like I said, kind of kind of a little bit of a pump up. Oh, yeah. And we appreciate it a lot. So thank you uh, with that. We have a fantastic episode to get to today. Um, a lot to talk about. We are going to start with hits and misses like normal. Um, and then we're going to get into a little rant from Tim. Coming out of the break, though, in the second segment, we are ranking the top 10 AFC quarterbacks as they stand going into this season. Kind of like mo- mostly based on talent, right? Like like Russell Wilson was hurt last year, broke his hand. He would be 10th if we if it was going on last year, right? Yeah. But it's, you know, what? Let, let's logically take into account new offensive coach, healthy, new team, right? Right. better weapons, etc. Continue. Um, and then we're going to get into some of the role changes. So the MLB playoff format and how that was shifted around a little bit. And then uh, the new overtime rules for the playoffs in the NFL. Uh, and you will get our thoughts on that. And then in the third segment, GM Genius like usual. AFC, uh, what is it, West this week? Yeah, we got AFC West, yeah. Uh, that should be insanely uh, fun to talk about. There's a lot moving around there, and I think that's the strongest division in football. A lot moving around. They don't They don't need a whole lot. I'm they going don't. through. I'm going through, and I'm like, wow, their first pick is in the third round, and like, or, or a team that do have a first-round pick. I'm like, they don't need a lot, no. right? Um, like, the Chiefs are a team that they actually have two firsts, and then you think it's like outside of wide receiver, maybe, like maybe some defense. I mean, they're – they have some holes, but overall, that's a really good roster to have two first-round picks. Yeah, it is. Um, and then to finish off the episode, our newest segment on the show, we debuted it last week. It is Who's That Yinzer? Kind of more fun uh, at the end of the third segment where I play Tim a clip of a famous Pittsburgher through sports. Uh, didn't have to grow up here, but just impact on Pittsburgh sports or grew up in Pittsburgh and had a career in sports. He plays me one. We try to guess. It's a fun time. Stick around for that. By the way, I'm one to know. I, I won yeah, last week. Yeah, you, you didn't did guess win. mine. I guessed yours. So I guess yeah, it we're was, keeping uh, track. I'm just saying. Last just week saying. was Heinz Ward and Dan Marino. 
Yeah. So they are off the table for this week. Um, but let's jump right into things here. We are going to go with hits and misses. <clears throat> i got to clear my throat for this one. All right, first hit. Uh, I'm going to also go on a little mini rant here with this first one. Uh, Dak and, and the Cowboys. I've sa- I said this when he got signed. I said it probably before he got signed as well. I said it's really, really hard to pay that much money to a quarterback who is good, not special. Mm-hmm. You can't pay 40 plus million dollars a year to a guy who can't carry subpar talent. Where like I think Mahomes, yes, he's got a lot of talent, so it's hard to say. But we're gonna find out this year without Tyreek Hill, can he still be that next level? Um, and I think I think he will be able to. I don't think Dak is that guy. And what do you know? They lose Amari Cooper, they lose Randy Gregory, uh, Lyle Collins, their right tackle, Cedric Wilson, their third receiver, uh, or fourth receiver. Um, it, it's getting a little bit... So you lose two of your top four receivers, your best pass rusher, and arguably your best, most consistent offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And you're left with a terrible contract uh, for your running back. You're paying a, an aging, declining left tackle in Tyron Smith, and now you're paying a quarterback who is... B to B plus on some days, but can't overcome playing without Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, etc. Um, I'm interested to see how he's going to do, but I said this when he got paid. Be careful paying him that much money because you're not going to be able to keep all this talent around him. All right, misses. It's with Baker on the quarterback market. I figured <laughs> Baker would have a little bit more of a, of a market. I'm actually going to defend him here for a second. I, I don't think Baker is worse than the 32nd quarter like I think he is good enough talent wise to be a starting quarterback in the league um and so I figured there would be some sort of market for him I'm not saying he would have made you know he would have garnished a first or anything but I figured a, a, a third fourth I mean not even nothing for even a sixth <laughs> nothing for Baker um and I'm gonna defend him here I actually thought he would be I thought he would be on a roster by now. Um, well, he's, I guess he's still in Cleveland. I thought he would be on a new team as the set starting quarterback. He's not. And clearly off the field issues, but... How, I, how do you see him as a number two in Cleveland? Like, I don't think he will be, first of all, because they're paying Deshaun t- like 25% of the cap this year. And so then if you add, which is like $50 million, um, and then if you put another, what, 19 that Baker set to make on top of that, you'd be paying your quarterback... 69 million dollars this year yeah. that's i mean that's close to 30 percent of your cap unless he reworks something with them to be a number two if there's no other option but do we see baker doing that no exactly um okay let's go with another hit let's go with the mlb and the uh the playoff like the rule change right yeah. um i said i said that they should i said that they need to expand the wild card series to a three-game set and allow another team in so now the first the top two teams get a buy and then uh, the bottom four both play a three-game series. I think it's more interesting. I think you increase the amount of games when it counts. Um, so I like the rule change. But I will also, this is kind of a double hit. This is kind of commending the MLB and then kind of ripping it at the same time. The MLB, I've said for a while, is really outdated. They need to make some new changes. And I gave the example of the wild card, of expanding the playoffs a little bit. I've said they're outdated Jazz Chisholm, Chisholm, whatever. He's one of the most exciting infielders, young infielders in the game, plays for the Marlins. Can hit for power, can hit for average from the left side of the plate. Flashy defensively, good, solid player. Um, definitely exciting. Has a, has a has a designed glove or whatever. It had some cool little colors on it. Um, that It's not a typical glove. It was like an ice cream cone themed glove. I thought it was cool. MLB said he couldn't wear it. Like in games, not even in spring training. And I'm just wondering, I'm like... 
why? I'd get it if you're a pitcher, right? You don't want anything distracting the batter. Pitcher should have just a solid colored glove, nothing nothing fancy, right? Can't have too long of strings. Oh, that, that's fine by me. He's a shortstop. He's a shortstop. Um, you're, you're taking the fun and the personality out of the game. I think one of the best things the NFL do is allow celebrations. I think it's fun. Um, I think you're engaging with a younger crowd as well, and that's the crowd that's going to be paying your bills here in about 20 years when they're making their own money, etc. When they are quote-unquote adults, right? Those 10-year-olds that want to be drawn in to your product, those they're going to be the people paying the bills here in about yeah. 15 to 20 years. And you're just, you're making it not as interesting of a product for the generation that you have to appeal to. Yeah, they're not connecting with the younger audience of baseball viewers, and they're not pulling in that younger audience. All the young kids like football. Every, every young... Uh, I would say I, I, every young kid that likes sports usually gravitates towards football or something more high pace, high contact. Even even the NBA, even the NBA is a little bit more up pace, right? The stars are a little younger. more accessible, right? The stars are also younger. You're right. You go to college one year and then boom, you're into the NBA. Zion Williamson was like 20 when he got to the NBA, right? Right. I agree with that. And also. You can rip the NFL for that whole Nickelodeon sham they, they've been pulling, right? They play one game on Nickelodeon. Is that uh, on Thanksgiving? Is that what that is? Or yeah, I think they do a couple. I think they do like a bunch. No, I think like it's only been year. a couple. I think it's only been. I think it's only one or two games a year. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You could bang them for bang on them for doing the Nickelodeon thing. It's engaging the younger audience. It's drawing them in. It's at least a business plan. And it's not like they're going to watch the Nickelodeon one for all of time right that means they're eventually going to transfer over to the fox the cbs the regular networks to air drawing in younger audiences and preserving their league for the future and that's something the mlb just has struggled to do over the past 20 years uh okay another miss let's go with jimmy g uh kind of for the same reason as baker with the quarterback market i figured somebody i figured jimmy g would be picked up before like a guy like matt ryan right I i didn't expect matt ryan to be on a new team before jimmy garoppolo I didn't expect Carson Wentz to be on a new team before Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, for a guy who is destined to be a backup, um, but could start in this league and should start in this league, he has no market. And I guess I get it. He's not going to throw for three or four months. Um, it's on his throwing shoulder. He got surgery. I, look, I get it. But Jimmy Garoppolo, in two healthy years in San Francisco, that's the key word, though, healthy. But in those two years, one was he was to a Super Bowl and led it for three quarters. And the other one? goes to the NFC Championship game, goes into Lambeau, beats Rodgers. Like, when he's healthy, he is really good. He's a winner. Um, he's a good leader. The issue, of course, is the injury, but I figured he'd have some market by now. It doesn't look like he does. Uh, another hit. Let's go with the Penguins. When we were talking to uh, Tyler Bursick and also just talking um, off the air as well, I said, okay, well, the, the Penguins, I, I see him as a Tier 2 team, right? Like, I think... Um, I think I listed the, the Panthers, the Lightning, the Canes. You could probably throw the Rangers in that tier. I said, I kind of feel like the the Pens are in that second tier. And what do you know? They go out and trounce Detroit 11-2 and turn around and lose, lose to um, the Rangers last night. 3-2, yeah. Right, and it was a spirited effort in the third period, but they got thoroughly outplayed for 45 of the 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, like, easily outplayed. They had 10 shots on goal through two periods, right? So that, that's kind of where it lands them, right in between. Certainly better than, like, Detroit and Boston and, and probably Washington and, and Philly, right? Yeah. But then you go, to, you go to play that next level up, and they just seem a bit... Inconsistent. Right, they're just missing something for them to, to compete with Tampa, 
to compete with uh, with the Rangers. And the Rangers are probably going to be the, the team we get in the first series of the playoffs. So I do worry a little bit about the Pens. They're kind of exactly what I thought. Uh, the high end of the middle class, right? The high end of the middle class. They're going to whoop up on Washington probably and, and, and Boston. But you put them in that next tier up, I, I have my worries. Yeah. Misses, let's go with tournament picks. Um, so what, who'd you? <laughs> I had I had UCLA as a dark horse winning it. Who'd you have, buddy? Uh, Gonzaga. Yeah, and who else did you have in your final four? You're wearing their shirt right now. Um, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I didn't have Kentucky to the final four. I had them to the Sweet 16, but I had Tennessee to the final four. Oh, okay, Tennessee. Both of them got bounced. Yeah. Um, I'm only one for four on my final four picks. I had Duke, um, Duke, UCLA, Arizona, and Auburn. All of them are out. Who'd you have? Is yours? So you had Tennessee, Gonzaga. I had Tennessee, Gonzaga, Kansas. Okay, that, 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 that's solid. And um, who did I have beating Kentucky? Did you have Villanova? Yeah. Did you have Villanova? Yeah. Okay, in Villanova. Um, I had Gonzaga beating Villanova to play Tennessee in the chip, and then I had Gonzaga winning. I don't think Gonzaga would have been playing Villanova, though. No, they would have. No. Doesn't matter. I think you're one for four or two for four. Yeah. I'm one for four. And my bracket was on fire. Um, I would never bet tournament games. And uh, I mean, it was it was a rough it was a rough first couple weekends. I'm excited to watch the final four. I got Duke over UNC. I'm riding with Duke. Um, and then I I probably go Kansas over Villanova. I mean, Villanova's so banged up. Uh, their their second guard and their best wing are both out now, so it's pretty much that their point guard, and they have one big man who's okay, um, but they're just injuries are killing them right now. Yeah. Well, that was it for uh, hits for and hits and misses here on a well, we'll get to the weather in the same time, but uh, on a Thursday morning. Okay, so I want to talk about a couple things when it comes to so I. Right, so we know teams, I'll talk about championships and what you need to win a championship, right? So we know teams have to kind of meet certain requirements. There's like a benchmark to be considered a championship team or even in contention. We'll go like a top five team, right? You're certainly in contention. Um, you, you make it to the, the conference championships almost every year, right? And I've thought about it and I've gone back and forth on what are the components like to a championship team. I used to think it was like offensive line in, in football. Oops, Cincinnati just got to a, th- to a Super Bowl with Terrible offensive line. Yeah. Right? Baseball, I thought, oh, pitching. You got to have the best pitch. Maybe. But there's other parts to it, and I'm not sure that's exactly it. It's a little too specific. So I've, I've narrowed it down to three categories that you have to be. So, so number one, let's go top ten coach. I think you got to have a top ten coach. Number two, I'll go top ten roster. Right? You, you don't see people, people always say, oh, like Jordan carrying the Bulls and all this. It's like... Pippen and and really good coach like it's really hard to carry a team you don't see it as often as like in Hollywood right where there's one star and you keep carrying the load right now you have a top 10 roster number three I'll go top 10 player at the most important position that season or you know in a in a span of, in a couple you know two three year maybe five year span right top five player at that position so then I'm like now, now, what I was doing to test them was going back. Let's look at the last five years per se. I'll go through every sport, right? Even if your if your language is NBA, right? I don't we don't do a lot of NBA. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do cover at least the stories. I know who's playing for what team, coaches generally, right? Even if you speak NBA, I'll speak to you for a second. 
Okay, the Bucks. The Bucks definitely had a top 10 coach. Mike Budenholzer won coach of the year. Um, so, yeah. Uh, top 10 player. Yeah, Giannis. Or, I'm sorry, top 10 roster. Yeah, uh, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday. Yeah, it's, that's top 10 roster. Top 5 player at the most important position. In basketball, it's just top top 5 player, right? Well, yeah, Giannis is an MVP. Uh, the Lakers with LeBron. Yeah, that, that makes sense. The Raptors, Kawhi Leonard. You even go to hockey, right? You got the Tampa Bay Lightning twice. Um, Yeah, they're loaded. Have you seen them lately? They, they have a chance to three-peat. How about the Penguins back-to-back a couple years ago, right? Um, Yeah, Sidney Crosby, Mike Sullivan. You could even argue Flurry or Murray being really good if you, if you want to argue the goalie's the most important position. Yeah, both of them stood on their head. How about baseball? Atlanta, the Dodgers, right? The Nationals, the Red Sox, the Astros. Okay, Red Sox, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogos. Those are all top five guys at the respective positions. That's a top ten roster, absolutely. And the coach, you know, we can get into it, but certainly arguable for top ten. How about Atlanta? Yeah, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, although he wasn't playing. Ozzie Albies is a beast. Austin Riley was playing out of his mind. That's top ten roster. Top five player, Freddie Freeman, absolutely. Especially for that season. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Was in the conversation for MVP. How about the Dodgers? Um, I think the Dodgers have everyone in the top five. I think now that you look at it, Mookie Betts, and at the time Cody Bellinger was playing really well, and Chris Taylor, Corey Seager. This is at the time that they won the championship that I'm referencing, right? They might have had multiple guys in the top five. And now back to football. The Rams... If you don't think Sean McVay is a top 10 coach, I can't help you. Top 10 roster? Um, yeah, when you have the best defensive lineman, the best cornerback, the best wide receiver, the best left tackle, and a, what do you know, top 5 quarterback. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good roster. And again, top 5 quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Okay, let's go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won it last year. Tom Brady? Yeah, I think he'll classify as a top 5 player. Um, the roster, uh, yeah, there are four wide receivers deep that are all all pro wide receivers. Um, their offensive line was really, really solid. Devin White um, in the middle at the linebacker spot. They could rush the passer. Yeah, it's a top 10 roster. And Bruce Arians, certainly uh, you could argue top 10 coach. Also, being a veteran going through the playoffs, I'd certainly say he's top 10 value, that's for sure. How about the Chiefs? Yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, the roster was pretty good. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. I'd say that's a top 10 roster. And if you don't think Andy Reid's a top 10 coach again, I can't help you. And to the Patriots. Yeah, Bill Belichick's a top 10 coach. That's a top 10 roster. It seems like it is every year because the defense was loaded. Of course, they had a really, really good offensive line. Solid backs. Were the wideouts great? No, but Edelman was still in his prime, so it'll work. And then Tom Brady at the top five player to his position. And finally, Philadelphia. Now, this is the only one that I don't think that they had a top five player at the most important position. But they definitely had a top ten roster. And at the time, Doug Peterson was coaching out of his mind. And they were kind of a fluke. So I listed five for each one. 18 of 20 fit the bill for all three. 18 of 20. In the four major sports leagues, last five championship years, right? Go through them all. 18 of 20 of them 
satisfy all three pieces of the criteria I listed. Top 10 coach, top 10 roster, top 5 player at the most important position. You don't need, right? I, I know you know what I'm saying, oh, that's it, right? But it is a relatively easy formula. Um, like, I, I don't think what the Rams did was that nuts. They looked at trends and go, huh, so only 30% of first-round draft picks hit. And I know for a fact Jalen Ramsey is good now, so would I be willing to trade two of those 30% chances? I don't know. You're in math, Luke. What is So So 30% chance, double it. So what, a 60% chance one of them is good? Yeah. Just good. Just good enough to be a starter. Right. So there's a 60% chance. I, I, I could probably be butchering that right now, right, but we'll but go for it. Each one would be their own independent event, so technically it would even be worse than 30%. Whatever he said, right? So let's just say 30%. Let's just be nice, all right? So you have a 30% chance one of those guys hits and becomes a solid NFL starter. Or you could trade them both, these these hypothetical players that you're going to draft in the next two years, trade them both for an all-pro in Jalen Ramsey. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Right? Yes, is it is it hard to get a top-five player at that position? Yes, that one is tough. But I don't think a top-ten roster is that hard. Depending on your sport, you got to look at what you need. Football, offensive line and wide receivers. That's it. I could argue. I could even argue not not even offensive line anymore. Look what the Bengals did. I would argue it's down to pass rush and wide receivers. NBA, you got to have two guys in your prime, right? Go through all the guys. Bucks, uh, you got Middleton and Giannis. Lakers, Anthony Davis and LeBron. Raptors, Kawhi, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and uh, I can't think of the other guys. Kyle Lowry. Thank you. Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Oh, 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 by the way, this guy named Kevin Durant. Go to hockey, right? Pens. You got you to gotta have a goalie, right? They had two. Murray Flurry. Right? I mean, St. Louis is on that list. The St. Louis Blues, Jordan Bennington should have won MVP that year. Baseball. Gotta have, you got to have a bullpen. Dodgers, oh yeah, Kenley Jansen was pretty good. Right, it, it it says it right there. It's right there. You gotta find out what's important. You gotta jump on it. I don't know. It it, it three of them. You can boil it down to three things that you need to at least compete for a championship. I just listed all three: top ten coach, top ten roster, top five player at the most important position, uh, most likely quarterback in football. For all you NFL guys out there, and you know, I know we're, I'm speaking mostly uh, to NFL fans here. But when we come back for you NFL guys, we will have the top ten. AFC quarterbacks uh, right now, kind of based on talent, right? We're taking into account talent, not as much um, full body of work for career, mostly going into the season, how we think it might shake out. So one through 10 coming up on the other side of the break. Tim from The Issue here. I want to talk to you a little bit about Phoenix Supplements, spelled F-N-X, pronounced Phoenix. Just ordered some. I got some coming in the mail. Go get your creatines. Go get your glutamines. Anything that you need to achieve your fitness goal is available on phoenix.com. Use the code TJ2022. They make great gifts as well. Go out, check it out, order all Phoenix stuff, phoenix.com, and use the code TJ2022. All right, we are back. Second segment of the issue. 
it's Thursday, a little rainy, kind of actually warm today though, ish, I guess for the morning, it's like 55, 56, um, but raining unfortunately. Not 14 like earlier this week. Yeah, that's preferred, so that didn't snow three inches in almost April like earlier, so I guess we'll chalk that up for a win, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Alright, well we got the uh, top 10 AFC quarterbacks to get through, we got some, uh, a little bit of discussion, debate maybe, I don't know, it depends on how much we disagree on these, but the NFL overtime rules in the playoffs, um, and then just the playoff format for the MLB, and then we got um, GM Genius and Who's That Yenzer in the third segment, kind of our game segment, a little more of a fun segment. Yes, keep sticking around listening, and uh, I think you guys will like, um, what is it, Who's That Yenzer? It was fun last week. I had a lot of fun doing it. I had a good time. So uh, make sure you stick around uh, to the end of the third segment, the whole show. I mean, you've st- you've started it. You've come this far. If you're listening to us now, might as well just stake it out. And plus, it's going to be great. So I don't know why you would leave uh, in the first place. But without further ado, let's go top 10 AFC quarterbacks currently in the NFL. All right. Well, let's start at 10. Or no, not in the NFL, the AFC. But did you say AFC? I said AFC, yeah. Oh, then you said in the NFL. It just confused me, all right? All right. Anyway. Okay. Back on track. Yeah. <clears throat> Cut the throat again. Let's go 10. Let's go Ryan Tannehill. We'll start with 10. We're going to have to 1. Um, I would probably put him here because did he lead him to a number one overall seed without Derrick Henry? Absolutely. Do I think he was the prime reason? No. But there is something to just being able to go out there and win, right? Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't always the best physical, like the physically best quarterback, right? Doesn't have the strongest arm, isn't overly mobile. Got to a Super Bowl, got to an NFC Championship game, just kind of wins games. Uh, that, that's what Tannehill did. Do I think it's pretty? No, but he is also able to run the football, too. Yeah. Um, and I think in 2022, you have to be able to do that, so he'll land at 10. All right, number nine, let's go with Matt Ryan. I think people are underrating this move a little bit. I mean, I think being ninth, actually, in the AFC is kind of impressive it right is. now, considering if I made a top 15, um, I would say you'd have about 10 or 11 AFC quarterbacks and, and then only what, four or five NFC. So yeah. um, being at number nine in the AFC still guarantees pretty much you're a top 15 guy. Yeah. And I think Matt Ryan, especially with this roster, is that he now has a running game. And I wouldn't say it's an upgrade on weapons, but it's certainly not a downgrade, right? Without Calvin Ridley for this coming year, he would have just had Kyle Pitts and literally nobody else. Now he at least has Michael Pittman. Um, he's got a, a good back. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor, good offensive line, really, really good offensive line, and a really solid defense. He doesn't have to win shootouts. Is he overly mobile? No, but he, has he ever been? Like, I don't think he's ever been mobile, and he's been really solid in his NFL career up to this point. He'll land here at 9. Let's go number 8. I'd say probably Lamar Jackson. Uh, my issue is I haven't seen that he's able to consistently deliver the football from the pocket. Um, and we can fall in love with the flashiness and the running around and all that, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to deliver an accurate, consistent football from the pocket. And I, I haven't seen it. Right? Is he super athletic? And and it's really he's really hard to defend. And on a game-to-game basis, um, he's super super difficult. But over the course of a season, you can kind of neutralize him a little bit. And and in the playoffs, do I think it's sustainable? No, I don't. Um, so I, I think Lamar has some room to grow. Do I think he has one of the highest upsides of anyone on this list? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's so electric with his legs. If he can even become 8 out of 10 as a passer, um, he'll be in business. Right now, he's more like a 5 out of 10 passing. He's just not consistent enough. Um, so, Lamar will land here at 8. 
I think Derek Carr at 7, I think he is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Is he mobile? No, but he moves enough. And he is a significantly better distributor of the football. Um, Being, again, kind of back to Tannehill, taking that roster to the playoffs, um, I don't think it's a terrible roster, but now they've added, you know, Devontae Adams, um, Chandler Jones. I think it's much better today than it was last season. Uh, On the outside, it was just Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller was not healthy for long periods down the stretch. Trust me, he was on my fantasy team, I know. Um, He was not healthy for, what, seven, eight weeks? And then to go along with that, don't forget all the noise that was coming out of the organization the at the noise. same time. Oh, my The God. entire season. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. No, I, I, I agree. And so I, I think that's why he's seven-year plus. When it matters, he's always there, right? Against Indianapolis uh, this past season, be- delivered a beautiful football to Hunter Renfro um, to put Indianapolis' playoff hopes on the fritz and improve theirs. That was a playoff-type game, and he delivered. Um, number six. I'll go with Deshaun. I haven't seen him play in two years, right? A year and a half or whatever. Um, I haven't seen him play. And also, I don't think he's going to play for the first eight, ten games this season. And then when he comes back, I I do still like Cleveland's roster, but he's making 25% of their cap. Um, It's going to thin out on talent around there really quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't pay a quarterback like 50-plus million dollars a year, especially... You know, right now in the AFC, and still expect to be able to compete because you're not going to be able to keep the same talent around. Uh, we started the show with it, Dak. Uh, you, you can't pay Dak that much money now. Is Deshaun better than Dak? Absolutely. Do I think the gap is big enough to where you can pay Deshaun fifty plus million dollars and and he can carry you? I don't because I don't think he could carry Houston, and Houston was a bad roster, right? And I don't think Cleveland. It's certainly a way better roster than Houston. I'm not saying that, but in a couple years, you're going to look up and be like, where did everybody go? Oh, it's because he couldn't pay anybody with Deshaun's contract. Yeah. And also, he does have a little bit of an injury issue I worry about, but I think he's definitely better than Derek Carr, Lamar, Matt Ryan, and Ryan Tannehill. First of all, he's a better thrower than Lamar um, and probably Tannehill. He's more mobile than almost all of them except for Lamar. He's definitely more consistent than Lamar, so he'll he'll go at six. Number five, Joe Burrow. I think he's slightly ahead. Um, of Watson here because of his ability to carry a less than optimal roster, <laughs> right? Deshaun was unable to carry a less than op- optimal roster in Houston, and I think Burrow, although their roster was better, again, not insinuating that it was bad as Houston, um, but a terrible offensive line, a defense that was kind of finding itself throughout the season, um, a wide receiving core that was good but could be inconsistent at times. Like Jamar Chase went through a stretch, nobody thinks about it. A four or five game stretch in the middle of the season where he just didn't play all that well. Um, and, a, and, a, and a really young coach that we were kind of unsure about. He's yeah. able to carry that to a, to a, a Super Bowl appearance. Um, so I think he'll land above Watson here at, at five. Number four, Herbert. Because I think long term, he's bigger, he's stronger, um, he's more athletic. Cannon arm. Cannon arm. Just a, He's more of a physical specimen. Do I think Burrow's a little more accurate? Probably a little bit. Not that Justin Herbert's not smart because he's a 4.0 biology student. He doesn't really have the, um, I would say the swagger of Burrow, right? I don't think he has that. I don't even know what it is. Right? He's chip got that chip on the that, shoulder that, like that Burrow it, has. That it factor. Right. Right. I Do I think Herbert has a it, like an it factor? Yes. It's just a little bit different than Burrow. He doesn't have that little swagger that kind of where he can will his team to victory right mm-hmm. um i think he's just more talented than a lot of teams when he plays and that's how he wins um so i think that's why he's a little bit above burrow 
and then and then three. Let's go with Russell Wilson at three. Um, I do worry a little bit because since he, you know, he won the Super Bowl with that really really good defense, but then since then he hasn't been able to get back when he was being paid more money. Right when there's a little bit less talent around him, he wasn't able to take that next step and carry a roster. But overall, I mean, Russell Wilson statistically has been one of the best quarterbacks over the last decade. I think what he can do with his legs, and he's also smart enough, he'll slide, he'll get out of bounds. He's not going to take hits, even though he's small. Um, you would think he would be getting beat up. He doesn't. He's really accurate, throws a great deep ball. I was going to say, is anybody also excited to watch a Russell Wilson deep ball in thin air? That's going to be, be magical. It already goes higher than the stadium. I mean, he's going to be able to throw this thing to the freaking stratosphere before it comes down. I'm really excited. Let's go to number two. Let's go Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen right now, I mean, let's let's look, look at what he is compared to Russ. More athletic? Yes. Bigger? Yes. Better arm? Yes. So I think Russ might have accuracy, but I would argue that Josh Allen might be a little more accurate now. Deep ball thrower? Coin flip. Coin flip. They're both amazing. Yeah. So I think Josh checks a little, a couple more boxes for me as an athlete. Um, so we'll go with two. One I still think is Mahomes. I think what he he's a little bit more refined than Josh Allen, right? Although he will go into stretches where his mechanics kind of go, and he doesn't, it's not as productive, right? He six game stretch this season where he was just average at best. Um, but I think overall he's a little bit more refined. Uh, he's accurate. He can move when he needs to, but he's always looking to throw first. Um, and he's he's got that ultimate like Brady quality, where it's like if he's on your roster, you you feel like you got a good chance to win. Yeah, he has those big explosive pop plays that you don't really get with a lot of other guys, and you get them with consistency too. It's like every single game you're going to see a deep ball that he just connects on, or or some kind of insane play where he's backpedaling, throws across his body, and you know delivers an absolute dot. I mean, he just does things on a week-to-week basis that other quarterbacks don't. He's still leading the AFC in our list. Mahomes at one. <coughs> Pardon me. So let's go back through. We got Tannehill at 10, uh, Matt Ryan at 9, Lamar Jackson at 8, Derek Carr at 7. Yeah, I'm probably going to get some heat for that. Um, Deshaun Watson at 6, Joe Burrow at 5, Justin Herbert at 4. You could you could argue me into Burrow at four, Herbert at five, and then Russ at three, Josh Allen at two, and Patrick Mahomes at one for our top ten AFC quarterbacks. And next week we will do NFC. Yeah, next week we'll do NFC. Um, that dude, the tenth best is going to be. I mean, you're down to. Is Jalen Hurts going to make our top ten? Uh, unfortunately, I think Kirk there's Cousins. such like a low um, poll. I think Kirk Cousins will be higher than we think. Right, so I'm, I'm spitballing here. You probably got what? Stafford, Brady, Kyler. And then we're already immediately into like the third tier of guys, which is oh, Aaron, right? Yeah. Then automatically, right, number five and number six are going to be like third tier guys, right? Where it's Dak, Wentz. Cousins, I mean, like, in, not maybe not in that order, right? We're gonna refine it, and we'll give you the final product. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. And then, wh- who's your eight and nine? You're down to. I mean, Trey tra- Lance. Uh, he hasn't even played yet. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Jalen Hurts. I mean, the, the NFC now you're into, is an absolute mess. We're into Jameis Winston. An absolute mess. The NFC. Justin Fields, Jared Goff, oh Drew Locke. Like, what do we? I mean, it's going to be fun. It's um, going to be fun. Make sure you come back next week. It's going to be second segment, kind of the same time of the episode, right right after the first break. Yeah. We're going to do top 10 NFC quarterbacks, so uh, I'd come for that one. That one's going to be fun. There's going to be some laughs because, we're, like I said, 
There's there's an argument to be made. Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He might be in our top ten. There's an argument. There's an argument to be made. Jameis Winston. He's thrown for five thousand yards, thirty plus touchdowns in a season, oh which is, is not not rare. But I mean, that's they're good stats. There's an argument to be made. He can make it in there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a mess in the NFC. Jalen Hurts in regards who, to quarterback. Jalen Hurts who cannot consistently deliver a ball about twenty yards might actually be in the top ten NFC quarterbacks. Yeah. It's insane. No, I get that. I get that. There's only 16 teams, so that might might you know, he's still in the bottom half technically if he's like 10, nine or 10. But that's still astonishing when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Um, so let's go. Uh, we have let's talk about some updates. Well, some updates with the MLB. Or do you want to do MLB let's, or football? Let's go first? football first. Okay, because so, we kind of just talked about football. We'll make it flow for you guys. So the overtime uh, rule change for the NFL playoffs uh, came out. What was that yesterday? Here, I'll pull it up. I know Actually, I sent yeah. it to you on Instagram. I also, yeah, I know. I know the NFL had posted it on their Instagram. Um, A so day it, ago. Yeah, basically. We'll just kind of read the three major points here. So, one, both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. Uh, the second one, if the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score wins. And then finishing off, if the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner. So, so that's the only quote-unquote sudden death scenario, right? Yes. Where it's like you can... I guess maybe not the only because uh, I'll get to it. But that's the only one where you can win on the first possession. Right. Is by getting a safety. Now, so so both teams will get the ball. So there, here's how it'll go. We'll, I'll give you a hypothetical because that's how a lot of people can kind of understand things that uh, easier that way. I know I can. Um, so right, let's go back to that Bills-Chiefs game. Chiefs win the toss, get the ball. They go down and score. Under this rule, Buffalo would then get a chance. If Buffalo goes down and, and scores and right and ties it, right? So even if Casey got a field goal. If Casey got a field goal per se, and Buffalo goes down and gets a touchdown, they win the game. Yeah. If they go down and kick another field goal and it's tied, then it's the next score wins and it's it's back to that quote unquote sudden death. Yeah. I will say I don't think it changes a whole lot. Um, I'm just glad that we don't see a kickoff, and then, oh, one-blown coverage, 85-yard touchdown, game over. And, I mean, you it doesn't give you – we've talked about it on various episodes now where, like, I think what was the percentage, like, in the high 70s in the playoffs that the in team the, that would uh, receive would win? Right. So yeah. – um, As opposed to, I will say, in the regular season, it's only 55%. So, so it's a little more even, yeah. Right. That That's – it's like fifty four point five, and then uh, what forty five point, which is basically a coin toss. Um, and plus, I understand with a regular season game, you want to wrap it up quicker. But in the postseason, I love the idea because it helps identify who is the better overall team because it breaks it down and breaks it down and breaks it down. And you don't have to just rely on your offense, and you don't just have to rely on your defense. You get to see the full team as a work and a whole body. Like All the way to the end. Line. Right, right, right. I got you. Um, I will say, like I said, I don't think it changes much. Right. Only thing you had to do in this current overtime, or well, I guess now the old overtime format mm-hmm. in the playoffs was, and the same, the same one for the regular season. Right. It's just, it's just get a stop and get a score. You know what I mean? Theoretically, if you get the ball first and you march down and score, you still have to get a stop. And if you don't get the ball first and you're on defense first. If they score on you, then you, you have to score. But you're still putting the pressure 
all right, on one of your sides, um, per se, one of the sides of the ball. I don't think it changes a whole lot. I still think you need to score and you need to make a stop, period. If you make a stop and you score, you, you give yourself a really good shot to win. But it does eliminate those um, right. those outliers. I think it's good, and I'm glad that they didn't overreact yeah. and make it the entire season. Because you can't have... Because this is going to extend it by... It, this could extend the overtime by like 10 to 15 minutes of gameplay, um, of like game time, whatever. Probably about 10. And that wears hard in the regular season. Over over a 17-game season, right? Yeah. Say you have, I don't know, three overtime games is pretty logical for a team. That's 30 extra minutes. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a whole half of football, um, which injuries could happen, et cetera, right? And you get you got to get these, these guys off the field and rested for the next week. You don't need to be playing a whole extra quarter um, of football. So I like the idea to not overreact and put it in the regular season, especially because, like I said, the regular season is like, 55-45. If you win the toss, you win. You have a 5% better chance. Um, you know what I mean? Like that That's not something where you go, I'll make a rash decision here and change the entire thing. Yeah. But now I do agree with it for the playoffs, so I'm glad, kind of glad they got that squared away, per se. Yeah, as well. Okay. Um, let's go with the MLB format. So they only changed one simple thing, and it makes... So you add another another team, so it was five teams now it's six is that right yes okay yeah so it was five teams it was the three division winners and then the two wild card the only the top seed got the buy mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's how it went now you add another team the top two teams get a buy so six on each side top two teams get a buy and then you have the bottom four play so then what like the it would be the third seed versus the sixth seed and then the fourth versus the fifth, yeah. they would play three game series. Now, the only thing I don't like is that the home team, the higher seed, hosts all three games. Oh, so they don't bounce it back through. They the don't bounce. They don't bounce it back. Okay. Um, I don't well, know. If that's I, an advantage. Go get home field advantage. Right. I think it makes teams push harder at the end. I think it does create. I've always said baseball needs to create urgency. I think it could create a little urgency in the last couple weeks of the season. Right, for that final push, those last couple games. You're not resting guys on a Sunday, right? Right. If you're, even if you already won the series, you're up, you know, right? You're looking for the sweep. Sometimes you'll rest some starters. Right, but that's the situation that's where the you're going to be, it's going to be you every, every single game. game matters all the way down to the end. So anyway, you had three-game series, and then it'll kind of proceed as normal. So then the one seed would get the lowest remaining seed, and then the two seed would get, you know, the the next the next guy and that that would be your I guess the DS right the ALDS per se right, yeah and then it would go on to the you know ALCS NLCS and then continue um, so it's a small change now I like it because it increases baseball's best product I think baseball's best product is playoff baseball I don't think it's close and that's the case for most sports um, you could argue NFL there's not that big of a jump but there still is right the playoffs are the the best product but I think even from like an entertain it's barely even the same sport in my eyes. Right, playoff baseball is that much better. It's that much significantly better than regular baseball. There's base runners, and, and um, there's like there's more base runners, there's more action on the bases, there's more strategy. Everybody's going full one hundred percent, one goal in mind. Right, I think playoff baseball is one of the best, like single sports. If you separated the sport. If you, if you separated one sport into two, right, regular season baseball and playoff baseball, when you did that for every sport, I think playoff baseball is at top three. I would go, I would say, baseball and hockey would be my top two. I would, I would, mm, I think playoff, 
football might be my one. I don't see that big of a jump between regular season football and playoff football because every single game in the regular season matters so much if you're in a competitive division. That that's fair. No, I I still think I think that's the top three. Argue over the order. That's the top three. Then. Yeah, those three. Um, and I think for baseball to even be considered up there is pretty impressive because they get usually crushed by ratings, by like NBA and. But um, no, I like it. You're increasing the supply per se of your best product yep. you know, from a business standpoint you're increasing the supply of your best product um and i think there is a demand for it i think like i said baseball needs to be exciting needs to kind of be in the public eye a little bit more and i, I don't think it's a bad move i don't know we'll see when we come out of the break though we're gonna have some gm genius the afc west and then we'll of course have who's that yinzer Hey guys, it's Luke here from The Issue. Doing the podcast, we want equipment that works just as hard as we do. That's why we chose Rockville Audio when we thought to build the studio. We got our microphones, boomsticks, a mixer, headphones, audio cables, everything from rockvilleaudio.com. They have way more than that. They have stuff for your car, for boats, lighting, audio, everything you could possibly need. Find it at rockville.com. They are awesome. Go check it out. That is rockville.com. What's up? We are back. It is the third segment of the issue on a Thursday, March 31st. Um, we have another exciting, fun third segment just like last week. Um, we have GM Genius. We're going to do the AFC West to go over all of their needs, every single team in the AFC West. And then we will finish off the episode with our newest segment, talked about it all day now. That would be Who's That Yinzer? We both have our uh, audio pick. I got to say, we mine's, have it recorded. mine's kind of tough this week. I gotta, I'm got i sorry in advance. It's, it's kind of tough. Oh, he is a big name, though. So... Well, then I'm hoping that you might not recognize the voice on mine, then. That that would be... Because mine is widely known. Widely known, okay. As one of the greatest whatever he does across whatever league it is in. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) I am giving you no hints. I will give you you a hint this one, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. We will get to that. What, what? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. That's the saying I'm looking for. That is the saying that you would probably be looking for. All right. Let's go GM Genius, AFC West. Um, we're going to start. Let's start with the Chiefs because I think, first of all, they, they've been the best team um, in that division for some time. And at the end of the day, like I, th- I think they're still top of this division until somebody else dethrones them, per se. So let's go start with the Chiefs. Number one, I'd go get a veteran wide receiver in uh, in free agency or through the draft. Or uh, I'm sorry, through the um, like the trade, like through yeah. the trade. Um, DK Metcalf, that's been thrown around. Jarvis Landry still on the market. Devontae Parker, who I think is more of a two or a three, is still a solid wide receiver. Yeah, um, and he's still on the market. I think there's guys that you can go get if you're the Chiefs um, that that are a little bit maybe not better than a rookie, right? Talent wise, but can at least step in, learn the offense quickly, and maybe provide a little bit more off the rip than maybe a rookie might be able to um, as they're kind of learning the offense and stuff. Uh, so I'd go get a veteran wide receiver in free agency. Number two, then, off that, I'd probably go draft a wide receiver. Um, I think you have, you'll have have a couple options. So they have the 29th and the 30th pick. Now, if I was them, I wouldn't... like the, all the, well, People talking like trade up to get a wide receiver. I think there's going to be 
15 good wide receivers, I would you kind of I'd wait patient. Like it's very possible Traylon Burks is available at, uh, available at 29. Uh, Jahan Dotson might be available at 29. These are these are going to be guys that are going to walk in and, and make an impact almost right away. Yeah, don't waste future picks right now. Just sit back, be patient, and draft who's the best available receiver at the time. The issue to trade up is you'll probably have to give away your next pick, which is the 30th, right? They have back-to-back. Um, you'll probably have to give that up to trade up, depending on how far you want to go. Now, for some reason, you could trade up three picks, right? Maybe, like, three picks um, to go get uh, maybe Christian Watkins if he's still available or somebody like that that seems to be a little more talented than a Traylon uh, Burst or Jahan Dotson. And all you have to give up is some late-round picks. Then I'd be interested, right? If you had to give up, like, a second and a sixth, I'd be like... Okay, we're talking. Um, but the reason I wouldn't give up your your next first round pick is because I think you need to go get a, a, a splash play edge rusher. And uh, that, that kid out of, oh God, is it Minnesota? It's like Bo- Boye Mafe. I don't know. Probably butchering his name. Uh, he's an edge rusher. He's, he's got that kind of high impact written all over him. He's a guy that's going to force a lot of fumbles, get to the quarterback kind of big but has some speed i i would go get a guy that can rush the quarterback i think chris jones frank clark and then go to get another guy um that's really 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 solid and you can get i think edges are more common on the market than top corners are and so you can go out and get some average cornerbacks and make them look better by shrinking the quarterback's time to throw right if instead of that quarterback having three seconds to pick apart your secondary i would give him like 1.8 and go out and get going to a really good pass rusher kind of make the rest of your defense look solid right, let's go to the broncos i think your first order of business would be drafting the top offensive lineman available i don't know they have it's in the second round is their first pick or maybe it's even the third round um that's why i'm not going to get into to who it's going to be because i'm not going to we're not doing a seven round mock draft here we might do one or we'll definitely do the first round we might do the second um but I'm not going to get into, oh, who, who should they pick late second round or, or third round. Go get the best offensive lineman available. Russell Wilson's been running for his life his entire career almost, and especially the last three to four years um, in Seattle. So I'd go get, even if it's a depth piece, um, go draft uh, an offensive lineman. And then I would probably go draft a tight end. Um, that Albert something-something oh, oh, or whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. It's super long and super confusing. He's their starter now in Denver, and he's he's okay, but the, the experience is lacking a little bit. So I'd probably go out and get some depth uh, at tight end, like Charlie Kohler from Iowa State might be available. He's been a really solid three- to four-year starter. So let's go get, let's go get some tight end depth. Because just look around the board. What do they need? And they don't need wide receivers. No. They have a really good running back. Um, their offensive line, I already addressed that in step number one. Their secondary is solid. They just drafted that. They went out and got two defensive linemen. They're set there. I mean, you could argue linebacker, but I think right now... But that's still let's pretty go, strong. Even then, like, I'm going to get some offensive pieces. Like, it's an offensive league, right? Am I going to get a linebacker, or do I need, a, do I need somebody for Ross to throw to? I need somebody for Ross to throw to. You go get him some solid, reliable targets. Right, a big tight end. He likes his tight ends. He makes them work. So let's go uh, tight end at number two there. And the third order of business for the Broncos would be the classic Russell Wilson slogan, let Russ cook. Let Russ almost take over and run the offense. Um, the whole thing in Seattle was they'd run the ball 70% of the plays for the first two quarters, get down by two touchdowns, and then and rely on Russ to bail him out in the third and fourth quarter. That's not sustainable. 
Um, let, let's go out and let Russ be Russ. Let him be creative. Let him play off script a little bit. Um, let him dial up the deep ball in the first quarter. Who cares? Let's take some big swings. Uh, I think let Russ have a major say in how to run that offense and let him be him. The classic, like I said, let Russ cook. Right, let's go to the Chargers next. This is kind of also how I see the division maybe shaking out. Like, I still think the Chiefs might be the team to beat. We'll get to predictions eventually later, but um, like I, I see Vegas probably as a, as a fourth team, so we'll go Chargers next. Uh, first order of business, I'd probably draft a defensive lineman. They were in the bottom three in the league and stopping the run, and you, it, it hurt them in a lot of games. Like, Kansas City, who doesn't run the football that well, gashed them for almost like 200 yards on that, what, Thursday night game where they yeah. lost. Right? They have to be able to stop the run especially because they're so strong everywhere else. You got good pass rushers. Um, you got a good secondary now with J.C. Jackson and um, the, the the new kid, uh, something to say. Is it Asante Samuel Jr.? Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Um, you got good wide receivers. You got a decent running back. The offensive line's pretty good. I think you got to go get a defensive lineman. Uh, if Jordan Davis is available, they, they pick 17th in the first round. If Jordan Davis is available, absolutely you got to go get him to stop the run, clog up the middle. If not, his teammate, Devontae Wyatt, is also a really, really excellent run stopper. I wouldn't mind you drafting him there either. I think you just got to go defensive lineman with your first pick. Number two, though, I actually will go back to that... Uh, to that running back room, so they don't have another pick until the third round, 79th overall. And around that time, I think Notre Dame running back uh, Kyren Kyren Williams uh, should be there. He is a physically dominating back. Yeah, he I runs mean, he's people like, over. He's like 6'2", 6'3", like 220, but with not speed. Kind of reminds me a little bit of a Jonathan Taylor coming out of Wisconsin. A little bit. I don't think he's as refined and as polished. That's probably why he's projected to be like a third or a fourth round pick. But he has the raw materials there to become something like that. Absolutely. Um, it's almost like every time I watched Notre Dame, I was kind of impressed by him. Um, and this past year, they didn't have the best quarterback play. Jack Cohn wasn't bad, but he wasn't like a, a superstar quarterback that could make things happen like off script. He was a basic, really good pro-style um, game-managing quarterback, so they kind of relied on Williams a little bit. And uh, so I, I wouldn't mind him as a third-round pick, kind of solidify that running back room behind Eckler. Um, number three, I would, I would probably get a run-stopping linebacker if you can find one. Uh, they don't have another pick until I think it's 123rd overall, fourth round. Again, I'm looking at the mock drafts. I'm looking at, uh, you know, player rankings, like where they have guys ranked. I, I think Josh Ross from Michigan might be around at that time. He's a big dude uh, when it comes to, like, size. He's six foot nothing pretty much, so he's not super tall, which I don't need him to be tall to, to clog up holes in the middle, right? Um, but he's, like, almost 250, right? He's a big linebacker, big physical linebacker. Um, so I think he could be around there somewhere. He went to Michigan, so he's used to that big bruising Big Ten play, right? He's got to play Ohio State and Michigan State and Penn State. Those are big offensive lines. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think he's kind of used to it. I'd maybe go draft him. Pick your run, most run-stopping linebacker. Find one. If he's still on the board, take him. But I, I'm predicting uh, or, or suggesting maybe uh, Josh Ross because I think he could be available somewhere around there. All right, let's go down to Vegas. I think the first step is re-signing Derek Carr. Uh, he's, a, I would say, a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the league. I, I'm going to go top 10. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. Now, do I think, I he's, like, argument, do I think yeah. he's like 9 or 10? Yes. I don't think he's anywhere above 8. I think 8. I would be floored if I saw a ranking with him at 8. Do I think he could be 9 or 10? I absolutely do. You could argue me into 11 or 12, but I do think he's about 9. 
you gotta you gotta find some sort of middle ground. They're still in talks with him right now. There's not a huge doubt that he's gonna resign. He's a really wants to be in Vegas, especially with Devontae Adams coming. He's gonna play there. He wants to play with his guy from college, Devontae. Um, so I you gotta resign Derek Hart. Make sure it's at the right price, right? I I wouldn't go pay him again. Back to the whole Dak thing. I wouldn't go pay Derek Carr forty plus million dollars a year. No. If he came to me and said, "How about thirty-two? I'd sign it tomorrow. I'd sign it tomorrow." I think that's a good number, 30, 32. I'd pay that for Derek Carr. When you start paying good quarterbacks great money, you have with the the issue in Dallas where, oh, you can't keep your best wide receiver and your best offensive lineman and your best pass rusher. Um, so I'd go get Derek Carr for the right price. Number two, probably draft an offensive lineman. Uh, I don't think they have a pick until like close to 100 um, or somewhere around there. And I think Kate, or maybe it's in the 80s, something like that. Um, I've looked through so many teams and, and mock drafts, I, I'm losing track. Uh, but Cade Mays from Tennessee is a big, big, I'm guessing tackle. They just have him listed as O-line, so maybe he's a versatile guy. Um, but to me, he projects the tackle. He's 6'5", 315. He's got those Ooh, long yeah. arms, right? That's a big dude. And I think uh, you could sure up that offensive line a little bit, even if he's just a depth piece. Um, Derek Carr's not overly mobile. Kind of, He needs some protection, right? Certainly he would be better with it, I will say that. Um, so it's kind of solidifying, even if it's just depth on the offensive line, would probably be wise. And then uh, the third step, I would go draft a linebacker. I think they have the next the next pick is like 130. Um, and Troy Anderson, I think, will be available. Uh, he's the guy I, I kind of picked him out. Go pick go pick your linebacker because you kind of go around. Uh, the secondary could use a little bit of work. You could argue me into that. But I said I already addressed offensive line. Their weapons are excellent. Their pass rush is really good. So it's either it's either a linebacker or a secondary piece. I'd probably go linebacker because I think their pass rush is so good that average cornerbacks will get them by. Yeah. So I'd rather go get a linebacker. Um, but again, go go pick your linebacker. Troy Anderson, I just like him because he's 6'4", 240. Um, so he's, he's got some weight to him, but since he's that tall, he's not wiry, but he's going to be a little bit quicker. Uh, the weight, he'll carry that weight a little yeah. bit easier, right? So I think he'll be better, uh, a little bit more versatile, right? maybe could do some coverage right but he's still big enough to to stop the run every once in a while so that's gm genius for the afc west a lot of linebackers in this one here a lot i think um, i have what three teams taken or two teams taken a linebacker well i mean you would you would think so because all four of these teams have electric offenses so you either need an edge guy or you need to be able to stop the run and make them one dimensional right i i agree yeah I um agree. so now it's time for who's that yinzer um Ooh. This week is going to be good. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I will play my clip. You have to identify the name of the person uh, talking in this clip here. It is 24 seconds long, all right? So I feel like that's a pretty good... Jeez, mine's only like 12. Okay. Wow. Okay, so I'm helping you out. Here you go. Become more uh, wide open. Uh, they don't huddle. They spread it around. Yeah, turn that up. Throw it around, and uh, that has evolved in, into the, uh, the necessity of the defense to be able uh, to catch all that speed that they've got out there on the field. Would you like to hear it again? Uh, is it Chuck Knoll? No. Would you like the answer? Is yeah. That, is that your final guess? Hmm. I mean, if I get one more, um, can I get? Can I? Can I? Can I use my hint? 
Yeah, what do you want to know? You can ask one question. Did he get famous in Pittsburgh, or is he from Pittsburgh? Well, that I don't know. I'll just tell you. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Um, He's he, one of the best of all time. Okay, I, I already said Chuck Noll, so I kind of use my guess. It's kind of unfair. I'm going to go uh, Joe Namath? No. Uh, the final answer, it is Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau? See, that was going to be my third guess. Carry the bar, who they're going to throw it to. Let me see that video. And uh, we react to that, so... Uh, See, they I don't think I've ever heard them talk. Wide open, uh, they don't huddle, they spread it around, they throw it around, and uh, that has evolved in, into the, uh, the necessity of the defense. To See, okay, so you can, I was thinking coach, speed. right, for sure. I said no, but D- Dick LeBeau is in the back of my mind. A, I've never heard him talk, and B, when you look at him, that's not what I would expect him to sound like. No. I expect him to be a little bit more, not that he's not articulate, I don't want him. I'm not trying to rip on it. I'm saying I would expect him to be talking with a little bit more like authority, right? Yeah. But he's just kind of like, yeah, he's, he's just, chill. just chilling and they run the football. I don't know. I just didn't expect it. I yeah. just didn't expect it. All right, give me the cord. So you missed there. I have a chance to at least even this thing up now. But you said yours is really hard. So, I mean, I'm not feeling good about it. Oh, man. Come on. Play through the thing. Technical difficulty. Ignore your lane. That's when it starts. It's uh, always a great thrill. You first. <laughs> That's I know all it's I not get? a lot, but I'm going to give you a really good all right, hint. All right, hold on. Give first me a hint. I'm going to play it again. Give me a hint, then play it again. He is the top. He was. He was. He's older. I don't even know if he's still alive, but he was really, really old in this clip. <laughs> he was top five in the world at one point at a sport where it's like it's an individual sport. So, like, think about an individual sport. Just not that hard. The only thing I'm thinking of is baseball. It's like no, an individual of, sport like, where you literally compete as yourself. In Pittsburgh... Not as it, but he's from Pittsburgh. Remember, you could be from Pittsburgh. Doesn't mean you have to play for Pittsburgh. An individual sport, tennis. dude. It's golf. Okay, golf. Oh my god, brother, that's the most. That's the. Oh my. I was like, that's the most. That's the most public and. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Okay, monetized. Anyway, golf was top five at one point and is also famous for another reason other than golf. Ignore your lane. That's when it starts. It's uh, always a great thrill. Was top five at one point in golf and is famous for another reason outside of golf. Is that Arnold Palmer? That's Arnold Palmer. Oh, let's go. That's Arnold Palmer. Let's go. So I made up for a a, a pretty crappy. It's hard to find video of him like talking for a long yeah. time in like a... I should have pulled up a speech. Uh, there was one, but it was just so long, and it's like leafing through it. Although yeah. I could have literally just pulled any 20-second clip. Sorry, that's my bad. But anyway, I think I made up for it with some good hints. Arnold Palmer is correct. Um, he's actually from Pittsburgh. He went to Latrobe. Yeah. Went to I, Latrobe. I remember playing uh, at the field, at a couple of baseball fields in Latrobe. I think it's Latrobe High School that he donated yeah. all the money, and they got the incredible turf field there, and then they have the uh, – the Steelers use it as like a secondary practice field too, like their football right. fields. Right. Um, so that's also just kind of interesting about uh, Arnold Palmer. But two two good Yinzers this week, I would say. Yeah, that, was, that was pretty good, guys. That was who's 
that Yinzer, we appreciate you guys stopping by on a, uh, well, if you're in Pittsburgh, kind of a crappy Thursday morning or even Thursday midday at this point, if you're, uh, you know, depending on when you're listening. But anyway, we, we appreciate you stopping by. You're probably staying inside and hanging out. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to us, and that was the issue.